All right. Hello. Welcome to Identity Abroad with Syracuse Abroad with the Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Accessibility Student Working Group. This is our second podcast, the first podcast of our fall 2023 semester. My name is Katie Shaw. I work for the student services team here in the stateside Syracuse Abroad office. I was a psychology major during my undergraduate degree. I studied abroad in Hong Kong, I'm embarrassed to say, back in 2013, very long ago. And I will have everybody else introduce themselves. All right. Hi, everyone. My name is Donis Kamet. I'm currently a third-year student studying international relations and applied data analytics with a minor in uh, Russian. I studied abroad in my spring semester of my sophomore year, so that would be last semester, in Strasbourg, France. Hi, everyone. My name is Gabby. I studied abroad in Madrid my first semester of my first year through the Discovery Program, um, and I did engineering. Hi, I'm Gianna. I'm studying public relations. I'm a senior, and I went abroad sophomore year, spring semester to Madrid. Hi, I'm Madison Lamont. I am a senior. Last summer, I went abroad to Florence and London, and I am a forensic science and psychology double major. Awesome. Thank you all. Um, So just a brief topic overview. Today we're going to be discussing uh, the topic of being American abroad. We're going to talk about kind of what being an American abroad and our experience was like with that during our own time when we were studying abroad. Um, In each of our experiences, we kind of came into the semester abroad with a United States mindset. We recognized that we were socialized in the U.S. and therefore have certain assumptions that were brought into our own abroad experience. So this episode is going to focus on how those previous assumptions may have been interrupted or how they changed a little bit during our time abroad. Um, Okay. First question. What shocked you the most about being American abroad and what stereotypes did you face? I think I can take this one for at first. I mean, um, I think one of the fundamental things is that, for instance, in the honors college, if you want to do like a three credit substitution for being abroad, um, instead of taking another course at home, uh, you have to read a book um, that analyzes like what it's what like the perception of Americans being abroad. It's like a classic book from the 1950s, basically saying that like Americans typically aren't um, well-behaved or they're not very respectful of foreign cultures. And so I think there was definitely that, um, those stereotypes that you faced abroad. Um, but I, I will say that all the people I've met in France, like when you tell them you're from the United States or, you know, you say like, I can't speak good French, um, they're very reasonable people. I feel like I don't, I don't think I've ever met anyone that was overtly uh, opposed to the United States but more curious about the U.S. A lot of people abroad are very curious to learn about the United States and, of course, have some misconceptions. Like, for instance, I'm from Washington, D.C., and people would ask me, like, do I go to New York City often, which is, like, the concept of how big the United States, in the United, like, in Europe is uh, not clear. A lot of Europeans think that the United States is kind of similar to, um, to Europe itself, but the U.S. is, is huge and very diverse, uh, just like Europe. So uh, I think that's definitely one of the things I face. Um, we talked about this earlier in our meeting, but um, just how loud and proud Americans are. It's a lot different in Europe. People are more quiet and to themselves. Um, so that's something that I definitely had to pay attention to. Like, for example, in London, I was on the tube just talking to my friends. Um, 
and then stepped back and realized everyone else is kind of being quiet. It's definitely not a New York City subway. Um, so that's definitely something you got to think about. Anyone else on this one? All right. Can, um, can you all talk a little bit about the differences between vacationing and studying abroad? I think sometimes going into studying abroad, there can be a conception that it's like a three or four month vacation. Is anybody comfortable touching on kind of the differences? Um, I would say that definitely because you're there for a longer period of time. I'm not saying that if you're there on vacation, you shouldn't respect like the cultural boundaries and just like the different aspects of being in the new country but you should definitely be more aware of it and all your surroundings when you're sitting there, especially um, probably politically and just in every other way, just around like thinking about the people around you and kind of matching what they're doing without kind of blocking your own morals and everything. Um, just kind of, I don't know, yeah. No, you had a really good example earlier about kind of like etiquette on the metro. Yeah. Can you touch more kind on of that? Piggybacking off of your point too is that um, there is lots of differences to how we do things here. Like for example, the metro etiquette um, in Madrid where I studied is like stay on the right-hand side when you're going up the escalator because there's people walking up the left-hand side. Um, the right-hand side is just for standing. And then also just kind of being more mindful of like your volume when you're like in public spaces as well, just kind of being more quiet and like to yourself. Um, that's a very big part of um, the etiquette over there. I think something else to remember is that you're allowed to melt, like form yourself to the culture, if that makes sense. Like, because we are there for such a, more extended period of time, um, you can kind of see yourself shift to um, the behaviors that the people around you are doing. Um, and it's okay if that happens. I mean, I think like a lot of times we might feel like, oh, I'm trying to be French or I'm trying to be British or something, but it's okay because you're, you're just experiencing a new place and yeah. I mean, I think that's a great point. I mean. Like, especially when I was in France, like, I started adopting, um, like, French sayings. Like, whenever, like, something happened, I'd be like, ooh la la. Or, like, you know, <laughs> dropping something. Um, but, no, I think, I think you know, a lot of people, like, there's, like, a thing when you get back to campus, like, oh, this kid studied abroad. Oh, he is acting yeah. so European or she's acting so European. But, you know, when you're abroad there, you know, you kind of have to, like, I think you, you said, you know, you got to adjust to your environment. But, of course, there's a fine line between, like, respecting that culture and of course mm -hmm. not violating your own values because those are still important to who you are as a person, who you are as an American or any other culture as how you identify. Um, I think it's also just out of respect. You got to like kind of got to, you know, when in Rome do, do as the Romans do. Right. Um, and I, and I just, that, I think one of the ways you can do that is by informing yourself. The, for instance, the Syracuse uh, centers in both in Strasbourg, Florence, London, they have a lot of these and also Santiago uh, they have a lot of these resources to help you um, adjust and understand what's going on. Um, uh, like, or also uh, there's local media, for instance, uh, the, the, like the big French newspaper, Le Monde, uh, has an English version. So you can read about what's going on in the country in English. And also, you know, the, the big two go are your, your host family, if you're staying with one. Um, ask them questions. They're more than willing to help you out, adjust and understand what's going on. 
Uh, absolutely. I think that's a really good segue into our next question, which is obviously issues that are impacting people abroad and in the location that you're studying will then also therefore affect you. So how can you engage with individuals within that country in a meaningful and safe way? What would be some recommendations or things that you all have done during your time abroad that helped with that? I think it's okay to be curious um, and ask questions. Um, I know whenever I was abroad, I felt really ignorant to different political things and I wanted to be more informed, but I was scared to say anything because I didn't want to seem rude. Um, but talking to professors, for example, is a really good way because they know that you're new here and they want to help you. Um, so yeah, definitely using the resources that Syracuse provides um, is a great way to integrate yourself into the political sphere of whatever country you're in and navigating it appropriately. I mean, absolutely. You know, use your resources, use the people around you, but also I would say like meet, meet some people on the ground. Um, for instance, when I was living in France, it was during these um, big protests that were, you know, putting the country to a standstill and strikes against the raising of the retirement age from 61 to 64. Uh, that was a huge deal in France. They have a very different work culture than the United States. You know, they very much value leisure and having the time for family, having the time for friends. And that was a huge deal. And one of the one of my French friends that I met there, he's a, he was a graduate student. He was very passionate about this. And he, he me and him would have very deep conversations. Um, one thing I, I concluded was that that ultimately was not my fight. So I never protest. I never went to any protests or participated in any protests. But a lot of Syracuse students, you know, abroad um, expressed sympathy for the protesters or, or thought about protesting. We all, the Syracuse Center discouraged Syracuse students from protesting just because um, often these protests, especially when it's late at night, could end in, um, you know, getting tear gassed or something would happen. But I think also uh, like these political uh, flashpoints, as, mu as much as, you know, dramatic they can be, it's also a great way to learn about the culture you're living in. Um, I learned that French people uh, highly value collective action and striking um, as a way to voice their uh, dis disagreement or their um, their issues with the with their national government or with their local government. And so it was really fascinating, especially as an international relations major, to see the differences in how people uh, manage issues they really care about. And so I would all, I would very much you know encourage people one to make friends abroad and also to talk about them with these serious issues because. Um, you know, even even if you guys think you're very similar, you might have very different views on on how things uh, occur or how how things should happen, how you should force through political motions, you know, or, or get a movement started. Anyone else? All right. Um, next question is: What challenges, particularly with the language, did you experience outside of the classroom? I know several of the centers will require that students are taking the language, um, but of course we recognize that language that we learn in the classroom and the ways that we talk and learn in the classroom are very different than how we do outside of the classroom. So can anybody touch on that a little bit? Tiana. Yeah, um, so when I studied abroad in Madrid, it was a very different Spanish than I was used to because in the United States you're taught South American, Latin American Spanish more than Spain Spanish. So you didn't have those kinds of tenses. And then also all over, 
different people have different accents and different socio-dialects, just like we have in the United States, where Southern people sound a little bit different than Midwest people. And uh, Boston and Massachusetts speakers, like speakers, English speakers sound different than like West Coast Americans. Um, they have that exact same thing in pretty much every country in the world. Um, and it's sometimes hard to engage in, but you have the benefit of the doubt most of the time. If you at least try to put the effort in um, of, of trying to speak the language, they'll meet you in the middle and they will most likely be pretty patient with you um, and just be impressed that you tried to speak uh, in their language in the first place. Yeah, um, my experience in Madrid was actually really positive when it came to language. Almost like every single person I met, like at restaurants, waiters, people, cashiers, at grocery stores, if you just show a little bit of effort, they are excited to practice their English with you. And they're kind of excited to know that you're American and they kind of would ask us questions and just kind of want to get to know us. And for the most part, all the locals were super sweet and helpful. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. Definitely just try and put in the effort and do your best. And they respect that a lot. Yeah, again, I think it's just a big respect thing. Um, you are in their home country, not the other way around. So just like you wouldn't want someone coming up to you, like talking to you in a completely different language that you have no concept of. Um, that would be really confusing and maybe a little bit alarming. So just remembering that you are visiting them. You should respect the exchange and it can be really fun. Uh, yeah. Were there good ways that you all found to practice language outside of the classroom, like with host families or friends or any other ways that you found to kind of engage in that too? Yeah, um, I was in an Italian course and my host family, um, it was a mom and her daughter. And so it was kind of like having two built-in tutors for the class. Um, the younger the daughter was 15, so she was like a little sister that I've never had, so that was really fun. Um, and getting, she knew like the slang of the country and stuff and the ways that the language is different. Like, um, I'm from Texas, we say y'all. That's not something you're gonna learn in an English class, learning the language, but um, like there's different things in every language. So it was really cool to have that ability to get the nuances. Yeah, I would say it was the same experience with my host mom. We'd sit at dinner every night for two hours just talking. And she did speak English, but she would, like, want us to, like, mm -hmm. improve our Spanish and also teach us at the same time. So she'd, like, every night she'd ask us to talk through our entire day in Spanish and kind of tell her what we did. And then we'd, like, start describing certain types of people. And she'd be like, oh, that person is kind of labeled this label or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of like a slang um, and... That is just something we wouldn't have learned if I didn't have my host mom or someone to talk me through all of that and everything going on in Spain. These host families, they want to help you all. You know what I mean? Like uh, my host family, they definitely want to help me all the time. We listened to the French news every morning while I was making, you know, bread, butter, jam, dipping it into my coffee. Very French thing to do. Yeah. Um, I miss it. I should start doing that again. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think... Fundamentally, all these host families from what you guys have said and also from my study abroad, they, they're there to help you and they really want to help you. They're not, they're not just doing it just to host a kid, um, but they really want to give you some education, get you something out of it. And a lot of these host families have also been hosting kids for like years. Like for instance, yeah. my uh, host dad, he's been hosting kids since the late 80s. That's crazy. And I'm like, whoa. So he's like, yeah, I know all sorts of kids. 
And I'm like, all right, so was I the best one so far? And he was like, you're pretty good. I'm like, let's go. Yeah, and I think it's also helpful that these families have um, experienced hosting abroad students for so long because, for example, in uh, my family, she was talking about her other students that she's had and, like, maybe different issues that they experienced. Um, And so that was helpful to inform her how to um, guide me in my experience abroad yeah they're full of knowledge awesome um we touched a little bit on this but um if anybody has more specific kind of examples how do you put aside your kind of personal beliefs to be able to understand and integrate into a different location with different ideas of culture and ways of celebrating that culture i think it's really tricky um Fundamentally, there, there are cultures out there, you know, even in Europe, even in France, even in countries we think are very adjacent to American culture that have big differences on how to conduct yourself in public, how to act. Um, like I said before, you know, work culture in, in between the U.S. and France is very different. I remember, you know, a lot of people were kind of just kind of making fun of the French for, for wanting to have that leisure time and like, oh, come on, guys, like you're retiring at 64. Like in the U.S., we retire at 65, 67, like calm down. It's not a big deal. You're just working like three extra years, but that was a big deal for the French. And I think, you know, um, you have, you probably have that initial assumption where you're like, come on, you know, it's not not a big deal. What what are you causing all this fuss about? You know, uh, all this, you know, stopping like, for instance, during the protest, like every time they protested, protested, I couldn't take the tram home. So I had to walk an hour, which is a little bit annoying, but it was a nice walk because I walked through some nice neighborhoods, but I think getting past that initial assumption and, and, you know, you know, walking a mile in their shoes and seeing where they come from, like the French highly value um, chilling and like just enjoying life. And, and not to say that that's a good or bad thing, but they just, they work, uh, they work to live. Right. Right. And some people say that Americans live to work. So that's, that's a fundamental difference. And, you know, I wouldn't say there's no right or wrong in this scenario, but rather there's just differences. Like people are just different and um, there's a good way for you to respect it and understand it. And also be curious about it. And I think that's the greatest thing is when, when you express, express curiosity, I feel like we've been saying this, when you express curiosity about a country, whether you want to learn their language, learn their slang, learn more about their country, they love that. They really enjoy that. Like, it doesn't matter where you come from, the people love it when you show interest in what they do and what they care about. Awesome. Yeah, I'd say the biggest ambassadors for the country you're living in are the people that live there. Um, and it's just a really cool thing to just experience. I know um, even in London, that is a country that's English speaking, so it doesn't necessarily seem like it would be so different. But even just sitting at a cafe and just people watching was so fun, like, and really interesting. Like I saw a bunch of um, like elementary school type kids in a museum where I was at for class and they all had these like um, bright yellow like cross guard like walking guard vests and it was super cute and I talked to one of the teachers and they said yeah we do this so that we don't lose them and and I've never seen that in America and in my head I said that's so smart maybe these are things that we should adopt um yeah so it's just really cool to see how um they just go about their lives and experience and problem solve yeah my parents did that because they put me on a leash Oh, well, we have that. We do have (laughs) leashes, but... A leash kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Someone had brought up earlier, too, about the idea of 
um, cultural ideas surrounding modesty. I can't remember who that was, but yeah, I just um, whenever I was abroad, I um, had the opportunity to travel a little bit. So I did go to Barcelona um, and went to this really big, famous church. I'm not the greatest at pronouncing it, um, so I won't even try. But um, from my understanding, whenever you go into a church or a big cathedral, you cover your shoulders and your knees. Um, and that's what I experienced in Italy. And so I was expecting that. And it's this really big popular place. And there were people there in like mini skirts and like their shoulders out. And it just didn't feel like respectful, I think. Um, and yes, I am Catholic. So maybe that biased me a little bit. Um, but I think just in any sort of place of worship that I would go to, I would think about um, what they expect and try to like conform to that a little bit so that I'm not um, making anyone uncomfortable. Um, and yeah, I mean, maybe it was just because it was like super big touristy and it wasn't, there wasn't any like current service going on. Um, yeah, I just think it's something to be mindful of. Sure. Doing research beforehand. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Um, and then our last question for today is how can you connect with your home culture when you're feeling homesick or in the event that you're really needing kind of extra support? Uh, I could take this one. I mean, um, I think one thing that I was, you know, I was mentioning at our meetings and also just something I like, like talking about with other kids is that um, if you ever need help, always go to the, to the centers. The, the staff is really helpful. They're always willing to meet you halfway. But if you feel that maybe the staff is not able to answer a certain question, the United States um, has a very powerful representation abroad in all the countries that you're studying abroad in, especially in France. Like for instance, we have a consulate in Strasbourg that's right across the street from the center. And the center, like the Syracuse Center's um, uh, director, he's like best friends with the current consular general. Um, she's also awesome. So if you ever need it, the United States always has a present presence everywhere and you can always go to the consulate or embassy with any problems you have. And they will always give you, they'll always point you in, in one direction. Like for instance, uh, one girl, she unfortunately lost her passport when she was abroad and the, the department of state was able to work with her quite extensively to get her emergency passport back. And it was, it was resolved pretty quickly and it wasn't a huge deal, which a lot of, you know, losing a passport is a huge deal. Don't get me wrong, but it's not, it's not, it's not like the be all end all, like, oh, now you're just trapped in Europe. Now you're, you're never going home. You know what I mean? So, you know, there, there are ways to, to solve it. And I think also, you know, something that a lot of us mentioned and something that I've definitely experienced is that um, one, in a lot of these countries, there are other Americans that live there and that have been there. So you can always reach out to them or you can go to like American themed restaurants um, or American convenience stores, or even visit like, sites that are connected with that culture to the United States. Like for instance, one thing that I found when I was in Paris uh, on my last couple of days abroad, um, just, you know, walking around Paris as I stumbled onto the uh, former Texan embassy to, mm. to Paris, which I thought was really interesting when Texas used to be an independent Republic. Um, and that was really cool. And it's just like these like small little things just make you feel like, okay, the United States is not that far away. Yeah, like going off of the American-themed restaurants, that was just something that my friends and I would do when we were missing home a little bit. we just go and have pancakes and bagels <laughs> and just like random little things like that. And that really connects you to home. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and for me, I'm such a mama's girl. Like I love talking to my mom. 
Um, and, you know, there's a time zone difference. So what I did is I planned a specific time that I was free and I knew she was free from work um, where every week we would talk um, and FaceTime a little bit. So that was something that I could look forward to. And it made me feel less isolated because I knew that I do have a resource and a way to contact home. Yeah. And then also, you know, you're hanging out with the center. Like, for instance, Strasbourg is a much smaller center than a lot of the other centers. There's only like 40 of us. You're hanging out with these Americans every day. So, you know, Mm -hmm. like become good friends with them, go out with them, you know, um, become, you know, just become friends and you'll actually make really great friends abroad. I've made some really great friends abroad and they've been very supportive. We still talk to this day. We still hang out here on campus now that we're back. Um, And I think there's definitely a lot of different ways for, for, uh, for you to get the support that you need, no matter what it is. Um, a lot of these countries ha- are, are similar in the United States. But they have a lot of these established institutions um, that to help you in any sort of way, mentally, physically, even culturally, etc. Um, and the, the only issue is, is just finding where they are, right? And, that's, and it won't be too hard. The center will always go to you, go with you if you need like a translator or something or for instance, like uh, pharmacies in the U- in France, a lot of the people speak English. Mm-hmm. So I tried to like I was really sick one day, so I tried to get like French Tylenol, and I was like I was just sitting there and trying to like mumble through my French words. And they're like, "Oh, we speak English. Like here, <laughs> here's your Tylenol. Just take this like twice a day, and you'll be fine." And I was like, "Oh my god, thank you." So, uh, but yeah, no, don't get me wrong, because being abroad and like having these problems immediately becomes a way bigger deal than when you're here in the U.S. Because you're like. Oh my God. Um, what do I do now? Like, I don't know what, what a pharmacy means or like, what is the, what is the cultural or, or governmental differences between, you know, getting over the counter medicine, et cetera. Um, but you know, it's not the end of the world. All you have to do is just breathe through it and you'll, and you'll be fine. Just use, use these pillars of support that are around you, whether it's a uh, U.S. diplomatic mission, whether it's the centers, whether it's your host family or whether it's your friends abroad. There's so many, uh, places of support and, and you're always going to be covered. Okay. Awesome. All right. Anybody else have any last minute ideas or things that they want to add? I think I would just say like in general, just keep a super open mind, stay curious, ask questions and talk to the people around you. And then you should have a great time. That's perfect. I think, I think everyone should study abroad in Strasbourg. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout out Strasburg, Dr. John, all, all those, all the program staff there. Go Strasburg. Awesome. I think everybody had a great experience, huh? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you all so much. And looking forward to our third podcast coming up in a few weeks here um, by the end of this semester. And everyone have a great day. <laughs>